Okay, welcome back to Reload Podcast. Thanks for listening and you're joining us on episode 21. Our previous episode was our story of Ayrton Senna. I'm Nigel Lamont and I'm joined as usual by... Lee Maxwell. And Connor McCann. So today we're going to do a bit of news, bit of questions, a wee bit of this, a wee bit of that guys, aren't we? Yeah, mm-hmm. going to talk about the, the driven run and yeah. talk about songs to drive to. So we're going to get you to do a solo. I have it sound well with that. An acapella or something like that. Lee's the only one that sings on this table, I'm assuming. Lee will harmonise behind Connor. (laughs) No one needs to hear me. Bad enough you hear my voice speaking, never mind singing. (laughs) So we'll kick off things with basically uh, what's new. So what what is new, guys? Well, with ourselves, as always, the garage build trundles on. Um, Trundles? Yes. It kind of feels like that, even though it has been moving pretty quick. But from the last time we recorded, there was a lot of wet weather, so we kind of got held up a bit the base is now dug out stoned and the foundation for the retaining walls poured so we're going pretty well trying to get blocks sorted at the minute a bricklayer in and it's just sort of all go i need worked out that i need 1900 block for the retaining wall which is two and a bit lorry loads which kind of scared me because i'm like where does this go yeah yeah so i'm interested in where we're going to get that set off and what's going to happen but it'll that'll happen at some point It'll all come together. It'll all come together. Yeah, it's. Uh, but all in that, nothing for cars. We can't actually work out cars at the moment. We're kind of restricted, so. You were saying there before we had the record button, you were getting a bit frustrated. Yeah, I get a bit angsty and I don't like not having anything to do. And Is he just doing laps of the house, walking around? Yeah, pretty much. Otherwise, I keep saying I'll find him something to do. Like, there's plenty of tiling and, you know, indoor housework needing done. Oh, well, happy enough. Looks <laughs> like we're descending straight into the domestic, so. Uh, <laughs> once again, from the last episode, I think the yesterday was it Lee I spent most of the day like walking around the house and I'd done like a couple of di- like washed dishes done a couple of loads of washing I was just like constantly prowling around I was like this is not like me when you do something my wife actually cracks up because I can't sit still Lee actually said this to me one day there was like a competition for like a spa weekend or something do you remember yeah and Lee had said to me that there would be no point in us winning that because you would just be lying there thinking I could be doing something right now rather than relaxing. Yes, this this luxury relaxation's a waste of time. Oh, it stressed me out. I just can't work it. Lee would have to go twice for me. <laughs> Other than that, I actually learned something this week which scared the absolute shit out of me is that, you know, we have drive-by-wire throttle. So like on the modern cars, you have no actual throttle cable. It's an actuator on the motor. When that fails... It never sticks open. The automatic default is to go to closed, so mm. the power shuts off. They're now, well, it's kind of been, they've been development for a while, and a lot of manufacturers are hesitant to jump on it for safety reasons, but it's brake by wire. So you're going to have the traditional braking system. You have, you put your foot in the pedal, forces fluid out to the, the brakes and clamps the disc or a drum kind of thing. It's going to do away with that. A sensor on the pedal and a motor in the actual caliper, which allows your braking force. Uh-huh. Now, what I can't work out is, in the drive-by wire for your throttle body, when something goes wrong, it shuts off, so it goes to close, so it doesn't take off and drive away, and you coast a halt. The two options are either work or don't work. So if they go with work, it's going to slam your brakes on when something goes wrong. If they go with don't work, you're not going to have any brakes to stop. How is that? What's the safety net? What are, what is the reason behind that? It's saving of what? I think it's going to be or? it's going to be a reason or down to for electric cars, you know, because you don't have your servos and things like that. Right. Why they can't still run it, I don't know. But apparently, back in the mid two thousands, Mercedes tried this on some of the cars, like a kind of halfway house system of some of 
sent still had hydraulics but still sent a signal to force it through i'm assuming computers didn't know back then yeah well um there's a lot of recalls done and right. they pulled the plug on the whole system so with the evs coming through it is going to happen but it just scares me a wee bit i don't want that out in the road yeah because we all know how reliable sensors are and how Electronics. not prone to going no, those tell are. boeing not with their was it the uh what was it the a3 at max the, the, is the one that crashed itself into the ground? Yeah. 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 No. That's, that's the, the sensors that, are so super reliable. Was yes. that the one that updated the software but didn't tell the pilots? Exactly, yeah. Uh-huh. But there was a lot of skullduggery with that. Um, okay. Yeah. That's the topic for a... That's a different, that's a conspiracy your, one. That's your podcast for your air, airline podcast? Yeah, we'll talk differently on <laughs> that one. <laughs> but yeah, when I heard what was going on with that and what was said and what wasn't said and tried to cover up, it was like, that's worrying. But yeah, automotive industries good. <laughs> but yeah I don't want any break by wire give me hydraulics any day sounds sketchy alright exactly so what's new with you then a uh, number of things I put up on my Instagram a picture of I think it was a Mark 1 and uh, an Atlas Grey yet valve I've had for some years that's right yeah and as, uh, was in the background I got several messages about what's this um, is it for sale and a few guys contacted me and then I just thought right better make a move here and get it going again i was uh, convinced that that was a market employee by yourself you'd taken a picture of it purposely in the background and wrote for those asking it is for sale i would never do such thing not a chance <laughs> so uh yeah i bought it i bought it down uh, i think it was braid blue dublin i bought it must be six or seven years ago brought it home had a few wiring issues got it sorted and basically put in a shed uh it's still on a southern plate and yeah so boys started messaging me and right better get this rolling so busy with work and all the rest of it so went and had a look at it friday morning and starter motor was dead basically nice yeah footer about different things give it a quick wash and try to tidy it up a bit then i was speaking to andrew maxwell who helped me out the following morning then and andrew's a very very good volkswagen mechanic or vag mechanic and he came up and diagnosed the starter motor was toast so then we pulled the starter motor over one of my, a starter motor off one of my field cars, got it the cl- the crank then. Yeah. Then by a series of elimination, we found it had spark. It wasn't getting fuel. Okay. Further diagnosed then that the pump was dead. That's the two liter eight valve, isn't it? No. Yeah, sixteen uh, valve. Eighteen eight valve, Mark two. Oh, eighteen eight valve. Sorry, yeah. So said right. Need a fuel pump, and I, ha- I have several GTIs that were breakers um, in a shed out the back. But Andy basically says, you're wasting your time because you they might put it the same. maybe the same fate. Mm. So then phoned up your car parts. They wouldn't have one till Tuesday. Then I phoned GSF. They said they had one. Got it. Brought it home. Went to wire in. It was the wrong one. Of course. But we, we got the car <laughs> running by spraying. Easy start or carb cleaner or something. The, and take it round. Yeah. And it, like, me and Andy looked at each other and sort of went, this hasn't been started in seven years and it's just there's not a knock or tick out of it. It was always a good engine, that's why I bought it. Yeah. But, uh yeah, so hopefully at the start of the week I'll have it running and ship ship. Nice. That's why I love modern or older stuff, sorry. Um we had stuff that we moved in the yard, remember, that hadn't turned a wheel in two or years, three years. Yeah. And you put like you put Fresh a battery, battery and turn blow it over. The wheels. Yeah. Well I can, top, I can top that. First of all, a big thank you to Andrew for coming out on Saturday morning. When he should have been finishing off his Audi 100 turbo build. <laughs> you holding them up? Yeah. Usual Nigel. But then while we're there, he says, uh, I have one of his old polo cups in one of the back sheds. That's right, yeah. And he says, come on, we'll, we'll uh, 
this was when we were running around looking for a new starter motor in the, the yard. He says, oh, I'm going to stick a battery in this polo, see if it starts. Oh. He actually put a Snapchat. Did he send you the Snapchat? It was I, I, I never opened Snapchat, so no. it probably is sitting there from days ago. That's me wasting my time sending you nudes in. I open them every week, but then <laughs> I have like a week's worth to go through. <laughs> That's for young people. I don't do it. <laughs> yeah, he left there in 2012. We Ooh. put a battery on it. About 15 seconds of turning, started. Unreal. One liter polo. I love polos. And the t- top end, we t- it's normal them one liter engines. We yeah, we tap on the button. And Eight year old fuel, running sweet. Mm. What um, what color is that car? Red. Red. Well, it's Volkswagen red, so it's actually pink. White. Oh, it's white. <laughs> yeah. It's got beyond pink. What? Um, there's Andy was so he was chuffed. He was just like, oh, ah, oh no bar, no bar. That's it. Back in for another eight years, Andy. <laughs> I was sitting there going, my GTI flip sick wouldn't. Even... <laughs> That's because polos are better. Yeah, More, they're simpler. Simple as that. Like myself. Yeah. Um, also, the. BBSs I just talked about must be a few months ago. Ah, yes, you got for the, the RCs. They're seventeen inch five by hundreds. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So for the Crado, um, I'd left them off Pete at Brickfab, and he got them finished there for me. He's been snowed under all work, and I didn't say there was a big rush on them, so he got them finished more for me and done a great job. And they're currently getting redone at IC Powdercoat in Malaysia. Very nice. That'll um, look well in the Crado. A fresh change. Yeah, I want to go for an OEM plus look. So. I'll then probably have to spend a fortune on BBS center caps Aye, for sure. them. Nothing to you. Aye, something like that. <laughs> and then I'll have to buy new Michelin tires for it. You'll sell me a set of RSs cheap or something. What's happening in the Pegasus? Pegasi? Lee's wallet's opening. <laughs> Don't know. I'll see how the RCs look on it. I love those wheels. So I'm buzzing for that. Also, done a wee surprise purchase and I bought myself a wee drone. Oh, yes. So last weekend I put my... S3 brakes up for sale that I'd bought for my track car but I didn't have the carriers for them so brand new set of calibers distant pads advertised them they sold immediately so at 3 o'clock I sold them PayPal money was in my PayPal account at half 3 or 4 o'clock a gentleman I know from Carrick Fergus was selling a load of equipment camera equipment DJI stuff and one of the items was a a drone so of course and there was no price on it so I just messaged him and very very reasonably priced and I says right I'll meet you in an hour and bought it so I'm a drone guy now Connor were you playing Top Gun the Top Gun theme tune when you're flying it yeah I can yeah. see you stand in the field leather jacket I've actually ordered on. I've actually ordered one of them nice jackets you know a fly, a flying jacket yeah yep, just like call it. me Maverick from now on <laughs> so uh, yeah playing with it they're quite tricky to get the the hold of and uh, it's quite an annoying feature on on mine I, d- I don't know if it's just because it's mine or whatever you have to calibrate the GPS on it. Okay, right. Basically, every time you turn on I don't know if that's normal or not. It's quite annoying. It takes about a minute to do. You have to spin it round horizontally, vertically and all to get the... Basically, it's to find its bearings. Uh-huh. And uh, Friday morning, it was Wednesday morning. I had lots to do. I was just, well, I'm not calibrating it. That, minute, that minute wasn't happening, It'll as I was just right. saying. Sorry. Sorry. I just took off. Off it went, about three foot there. And then just crashed into the front of my car. Oh, of course. <laughs> Wiped out, wiped out two propellers, as you've uh, seen by the evidence. You can see why people want drones to be uh, have a license for them. Yeah, but they're robust. <laughs> um, at a spare set of propellers, fired on and on it went. Hey, they're perfect. robust. How robust the front of your car? Uh, well, it's a wee tiny <laughs> scrape on it's all right. Yeah. That'll never happen. You'll be right. Um, so I had to play with it. Yes, it was down Nile Hill, local beauty spot. I was actually doing a bit of a photo shoot with the Corrado and the Mark V. You follow on social media? Yeah, I've seen those together. They look great. 
it, it was actually my son who's doing media and he was doing a thing about cars so he wanted to take cars down so I just took took the chance to take a couple of nice photos of the car while I was there. I think a few people already commented this on the post, but I had noticed it too. The Corrado looks tiny compared to the Edition 30. I see when I see that, I just went, fair enough, it is actually. Like a Mark V is not a massive car, but when you see it compared to the Corrado, it looks like a toy. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember me bringing the Jetta home from Bellamina and you took a video of me on the motorway? That's and right. And it was like... Beside the lorry. It was like a wee toy car. Oh, I, a Mark 1 Jetta Honestly, is Honestly, like a wee matchbox yeah. car. <laughs> like Andy had his... Andy Maxwell had his Mark 1 Jetta diesel mm-hmm. sitting outside his workshops for years. He used to drive in and it was just like a wee oh, was, tiny... There's nothing to them at all. Yeah, yeah It's bad good. enough over here, but I can't imagine driving a wee car like that in America. Oh, the massive everything trucks. everything is yeah. fucking enormous. I'd be terrifying. It like, really would. Imagine sitting in traffic or something and just you can't see anything because you're just down in the sea of metal. Yeah, no, there's nothing. Please see me. <laughs> Don't drive over the top of me, big Dodge truck. Thank you. You may as well be on a motorbike. Yeah. I noticed that in particular, the year I tried to do as many shows in the Mark 1 Golf, uh-huh. there's one of the southern shows I went to, and you're driving down a motorway, and that thing, I think over 70 mile an hour, you're just ragging the wee car, mm. yeah, because it's a small engine, but the car's fan past you, and you just feel so vulnerable. Yeah. I was like, you were the, when you daily drove the Novas, you yeah. were... And you feel like you're doing, like if you're doing 70 on the motorway on a Nova, you feel like you're doing 100. A million. But also, yeah. there's a wee voice in the back of your head. This is a 30 plus year old car or whatever. I'm dead if this cr- oh, if crash. You know, yeah. Modern cars have impact zones, airbags, blah, blah, blah. Oh yeah, the crumble uh, zone is your face. Oh, Correct. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's one of those things that you do have to accept when you're driving something like that, that you think if I get, like especially if you get say caught up on an accident where you're, you rear end someone and someone comes into you, you're dead. Like, it's, there's nothing, no doubt about it. Like, yeah. it's just one of those things. Good somber note. Yes. Uh, cheery, cheery. Cheery, joy. Yeah, we'll all be dead someday. It's all right. Yeah. Live your life. Um, will we move on to the news then? Get some news, yep. There's a heavy rumour going around. I think it was WRC announced their calendar for 2021. Okay. And there's a round in August. Actually, to have the date, I don't have the date down. And there's a heavy rumour that it's going to be Ireland, WRC. Very good. Rally Ireland, the last time it was here, I was at university. 2012, was it? I think it was seven. Seven? Was it seven? I'm old. I think it was 2007. Am I right? I don't know. I need to look that up, but it's well back. I think it's 07. Um, That would have been. Because when that happened, it was a disaster. Like, it was so poorly organised. There was a lot of things went wrong, and I... Like, I thought WRC would never come back to this country, which is such a pity because... At a super stage in the Thursday night at Stormont? Yeah. It was Yeah, horrendous. it was cake-like. Um, because we basically were very aware there was going to be a massive crowd, so it was a group of about five of us. We're in Darren Lennox's Gulf Country, Mark II oh, Gulf Country. Oh, yes, very cool. So we went late on the Thursday night to watch the super stage. Mm-hmm. Some of the boys didn't go to bed because we wanted to leave at three o'clock in the morning to drive down to... Was it Fermanagh? Down the back roads of Fermanagh somewhere. Uh-huh. And we had a marquee. We were, we were going to stand this And just set corner. up the marquee and you could stand there, yeah. And it was going to be a double stage. The stage wasn't starting at nine o'clock. So we were there in the dark at half four or five o'clock in the morning on a corner. The lead cars came through, helicopters, and I think about 10 cars got through. And then the stage cancelled. Uh-huh. And then the second lap of that stage, we're waiting and waiting, and then we heard it get cancelled. Yeah. No, it was just, it was an absolute shambles. Yeah. And what kills me is, rallying in this country is unbelievable. Like, I don't care where you go, rallying in Ireland yeah, is... fantastic. And it's down to the fact that you can rally on the roads here much more accessibly than you can in, like, England, Scotland, Wales, because of local laws. So, 
you don't have forest stages here. It's all road rally. It's a bit like road racing with the motorbikes. It's just balls to the wall and everything around you is a hazard. And it makes for great spectating. And then when Rally Ireland came, I thought to myself, fuck, this is going to be unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And it was just a mess. And then I really genuinely thought this will never return, which is such a pity. But if they do make it back, hopefully the, whoever's involved in it makes such an effort to make this work. Especially like when you have seen that last time was a shambles, how well you can do it. Because like the other rallies that happen here, like, you know, you've um, like the Circuit of Ireland, anything historic right through to the more modern stuff. It's all really well done. Yeah. It's good. I don't it's see how... Com- it's completely diluted from 30 years ago when I used to follow it with my dad. Yeah. You know, not saying you could touch the cars going past you, but you could touch the cars as it went <laughs> yeah. past you. You could jump out in front of one if you wanted. Whereas now, well, it's, it's mainly due to cost and nobody will insure it. Yeah. But there's spectating zones now. Yeah. And when you do get to a spectating zone, it's 30 meters plus back from... And they were near the cars. And it goes back to what I was saying there about driving the older cars. If you go to an event like that and you want to stand on the side of the road and you get killed, I know everybody's like, oh, you take the st-. I'm a big believer in take the warning labels off things. But if you're there, you're there for a, a reason. You know something's yeah, going to hurt and pass risk. you. Yeah, you're taking a risk. Natural selection. You have yeah. to do. Yeah, well, yeah, but it is. But like, I mean, I will happily stand on the side yeah. of that road if something goes past me at 80. And you have to understand that that is the risk that you're there for, and you can't hold anyone responsible for you choosing to do that. Yeah, but sorry saying that, but say you do go watching something, and you do get wiped out, and you're not able to provide your family anymore. Oh, it's your family. You will, you will look down the legal route. Well, 99% of the people will look down the legal but route. you shouldn't, that's the thing. No, well, that's it. But I, I'm just saying yeah. most people will. I personally, and obviously I've never been in that situation, but I have been in situations where I've been hurt and could have claimed and have been as long as it doesn't alter my life and like it wasn't of my fault i don't claim like i don't yeah. do it and it's just uh, the more people who when i had when i did get hurt and the amount of people that came to me and said oh you should be putting a claim in it kind of opened my eyes up to how big the claim culture is you, know, you kind of look at people and think oh, oh they wouldn't uh, part of a car crash now for some people is just oh well get a solicitor involved oh automatic yeah i think it was my wife's car we had it about a month and a fellow drove into the back of us at traffic lights. Uh-huh. And it turned out it was the director of MAS Claims. <laughs> That's ironic. <laughs> and uh, he couldn't believe that we weren't claiming. Right. So it was a courtesy car. We got a top of the... They, 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 had, they had a Hyundai fleet. He gave us a top of the range Santa Fe Jeep for courtesy car. And he says, thank you very much for not claiming. It's made things so much easier. Yeah, and he's probably looking going, if people... Well, there was more people out there like you that did that. His business wouldn't have to well obviously they're probably sticking the arm in anyway but like rental the, the courtesy cars where they make their money i so the that affects his business too and everything ramps up it's more business for them but at the same time it drives everything up the price of everything uh, up yeah. no it's it's just not in me to don't get me wrong if somebody causes some like causes damage and it needs fixed yeah but i mean if somebody crashes into me it can be easy repaired they want to pay cash and i'm not hurt Cash in hand. Yeah, like, work away. You know, like, I'm not going to be putting a claim in for whiplash yeah. like, if I don't have it. Not even car related, but just work and things. And people are always like, claim, 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 claim. And I'm like... Why? What really winds me up is if you... if Right, I'm not going to say if you... If I was a stupid cunt, which, you know, people are. Yep. And I went into work and wasn't wearing my safety shoes and dropped something on my foot... My first thought would not be, oh, I'm going to get a claim out of this. 
acts. Exactly. Yeah. Like I, you, I would. You would that was my fault. You would feel guilty. Yeah. For not. And it, and it, and it was my fault. Yeah. It, it, I just and people just don't have that mentality. They they've no sense of personal responsibility. No, it's a sense of entitlement that they're owed something when something like and that happens. Exactly, it goes back to what you were saying about if you want to go and stand on the side of the road and watch a rally, and if something happens, you're there. You're you made rest. that choice. Yeah, I should be a solicitor yeah. and, and a judge. That'd be good. We've wandered far from the topic of WRC. There we right? have. Lee brought it back though. This is okay. <laughs> Do you like my little <laughs> circling back. <laughs> Um, so any more news then we'll crack on my first one then is another motorsports one and I would say if you haven't seen this you've been living under a rock on, especially if you are if you have social media which most people do now Luca Corberry and Richie Brown's probably laughing at me trying to pronounce that as a carton driver young carton driver and he was involved in another altercation on track with a guy and Luca was forced off the track into the barrier and the other guy came on round so he pulled his cart out and rather than following the marshal's heed and taking him off to the side, he ripped the bumper off of his cart, walked to the side of the track, and stood until the guy was coming back round for maybe a good 10-15 seconds, and fucked the bumper out under the middle of the track at him, which then missed him and hit another driver. And like, that's so dangerous, the game guys, they were coming into corner fair enough, so they were slowing down, but they could still be doing 30-40 mile an hour. Mm-hmm. If that bumper weighs 5 kilos, imagine that hitting you, yeah. to kill somebody, because if no windscreen's running, it's carts. I think he should change his name to Ballbag. Yes, oh, 100%. And like, he, then it, it, I I can almost excuse that, you know, I can't really, but he can turn around and say, yes, in the heat of the moment, this is what he did. Now, if he's forced off and get out. that's the difference. In the heat of the moment, if he had jumped straight out and punched your man in the face, yeah. you could look over that as the heat of the moment. But to rip the bumper up but and stand and, and wait. And stand and wait, that's different. And it gets worse. He then went into the pits found the guy started a fight with him in the pits which is premeditated mm-hmm. and then where it gets really good is this guy Luca's dad owns the course they were racing on so he owns the circuit he runs in and body slams no, no, the no. guy he runs over and tells his son to calm down surely of course I yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah no he body slams the other driver into the wall so it's like a WWE tag match it, it really was like you want he sprints I seen it, it was just ridiculous he and sprints he said, in the, the fella was tiny yeah everybody says oh he's a teenager he's not he was in his early 20s but he was no size this kid he looked like he was low five foot and your guy the dad just comes in and body slams him and I'm going this is this is a proper carton circuit like this is under FAA regulations yeah FAA and the Italian carton is ASCI and this guy owns this track that they're racing on this is how they're behaving so there was calls there was a lot of ex-racing drivers and stuff we're talking about saying it was an absolute disgrace and I think your guy Luca has jumped the gun before the official statement has come out which likely will ban him and he's handed his race license in and said he won't be racing again so like if you knew you were going to get banned and you do that to me he's trying to save face for the dad's carton circuit because they could turn around with the dad being involved and say right well we're not racing at your circuit again Take it off the list. so I think it's a <clears throat> he can turn around and say yeah yeah fair enough this is what I did and he's honourable and he's handed his licence in I see it as damage limitation like because yeah. that was a bad doing like and don't get me wrong I've been angry before as Lee will attest to I used to race and have been angry at that as well but that's all premeditated, like what he did I, there. Uh, it wasn't just like, in a split second, I've done this. Yeah. He's actually thought about what he's going to do when he went back to the pits. Yeah, he waited for the guy coming around, and then he went to the pits as well. Like, just fuck that full there. Full red mist. And motorsport is dangerous as it is, never mind involving some fucking lunatic like this. 
who was it? I think it was Jensen Butt came out and made a statement about it. I his. think so. It was definitely, yeah, it was some of the old Formula One drivers yeah. were saying that he's. Either Button or Coulthard or something, basically he's a fucking idiot. Yeah. Apparently he's not well liked anyway, the fella. He, from what I could tell, he hadn't raced in three years and this was his first race back. <laughs> so he, it ended well for him. So God knows what happened there, but they're still waiting on the actual like official verdict of what they're going to do with him or well, what he's handed to, his license in. Example of him oh, hundred percent. The dad's a disgrace too. Like, like, fair enough. We guys like in his twenties. Dad must be what in his forties. He should know better too. Like, especially if he's running that circuit, you have like no matter what your emotions are, you have to be professional in what you're doing at the same time. Like we are with the podcast. Yes, very professional. <laughs> As you occasionally hear my dog barking in the background. <laughs> um, my second bit of news then, Nissan have actually come up with some pretty cool technology for forming carbon. So at the minute, carbon is hand laid up. So it's put into a mold. It's vacuum bagged. So there's like a, if anybody's ever seen the process done, what happens is there's a bag goes over it, it's taped down, and then they pull a vacuum to suck all the air out of it. And on the other side... I could do a MasterChef. Like, what's that for the... For the sous vide. Yes, for the water baths. Yeah. There you go. And um, on the opposite side, there's an inlet, which is connected to a pot full of resin. And what you do is you suck the vacuum through, and it actually draws the resin from the pot into the carbon fiber in the bag. And you can actually watch it pass through the carbon. And once it gets to the other side, you cut the vacuum off, and you let it cure. Now, it is slower doing it at home, and you can do it at home. Uh, Nissan currently it takes them 10 minutes to make a part from start to finish and then you have your cure time after that this new technology allows them to do it in two minutes so they've 80% of their production rates cut down very nice so when you're on a large scale like that it's absolutely brilliant I'll save millions yeah it's called compression resin transfer molding and it looks kind of like a steel stamp that you would use for making a wing say they've modelled the part in CAD and you've like uh, like channels that run along it and they've actually modelled the flow of resin and how it'll actually pass through the part. So instead of drawing from one side to the other, it goes in at specific points and wets it out, and they can remove it from the mold. So from start to finish, two minutes versus ten. So as I say, like on major production scales, that's a like eighty percent cut in your time is ridiculous. Great innovation for the company. Some um, difference from five or six hours at the kitchen table with a bottle of whiskey. Exactly. Yes, <laughs> when we carbon trimmed these mirrors. <laughs> I wonder is that F1 derived or is that just off their own bat? I don't know. Um, they do use a lot of They're carbon. They're not F1, so I don't know why I'm saying no, F1. Well, that's but you true. know what I mean? Motorsport derived or something? They use a lot of carbon in the GTR, I think. And they reckon now this is going to pass down into, because it's so accessible and so quick, it's going to pass down into their passenger cars as everything goes towards so fuel economy. What you're saying is in five years' time we'll have a carbon fiber micro? There's a potential for it, yeah. <laughs> well, this is something that they had carbon fiber monocoques for, was it some of the Zondas years ago? ISF, Lexus. Yeah, the Lexus. Because they, they had it in aluminium, and then they were developing that for years. Isn't it the ISF, the supercar? Yes, the the one that didn't sell very well. They developed it for 10 years, and then decided it was too heavy on aluminium, so they'd done a full carbon. Carbon. Expensive. I think the only problem with carbon is for, like, crash repair. Once you hit carbon, you can repair it, yes, but it's not, like... The industry isn't up to the level of that yet. So if you have it in a standard passenger car, the chances of a supercar yeah, getting hit isn't definitely. as much as your Nissan Leaf getting reversed into. That just reminded me of that Melt uh, Shmi 150. Oh, don't even His start to be Shmi. He got damaged. And it got dam- a lorry drove into the side of it on the way to Goodwood. And it took McLaren six months to, to fix, fix it. it. Oh, that's ridiculous. Like, although saying that's not his daily driver, so I'm sure he'll be happy enough. 
Um, have you he, any more news? He, he makes me angry. He makes everybody angry. <laughs> well, Supercar super Blondes. I was a lot of people say, angry this week. She's There's a lot on. of memes going around. Ah, she crops up now and again. She's a dick. Here. She's a business Fair player. Fair play um, <laughs> Yes. Uh, particularly important to Northern Ireland, Ireland in general. Um, a big announcement this week by Lexus. Or they have stopped importing new versions of its AS Saloon, RC Coupe and CT Hatchback as the models are withdrawn from the UK market with no direct replacements planned. So I'm just pouring a wee bit of Monster Energy out here. That's it. Pour one out for the lads. For the homies, yeah. So Mark or Felt will never be the same. You know what yeah. you have to insert there? Is that... Uh Celebrate good <laughs> You leave the Nissan driver or the Lexus drivers alone. I my main problem with AS two hundreds is like I remember when they came out, I went, "That's a nice car." I think they're a they're good a looking fine car. looking car. Don't but get me they're wrong. They're like a three hundred sixty turbo. Yeah. they've been bastardized. Yeah. No, there's a fella. There's two fellas from Dundalk and Yetnards, and they've went JDM on their is hundreds and they look fantastic yeah they're like the altezas and stuff that come i think in the he's turbos. a volks racing wheels on it he's a nice tt i was thinking i was talking to pete merlin about it just a real nice subtle thing but uh yeah so there's a so potential to do something really good with them and they bastardize every one of them yeah but a positive way of looking at that is, is too my idea of buying an s200 for an investment has just got more important now yes. because the value of a standard one will go through the roof not making anymore not making anymore so you've basically, you've basically, don't get angrily, they've basically made IS200 classic status by a single stroke of the pen. That's it. So It's the Donald Trump power move. Get investing now. <laughs> they've secured the IS200 as the next generation twin cam. They really have. Yeah. And I've said that for ages now, that what modern car are they making this rear wheel drive that will do what those cars will do? Nothing. I think, did I hear this week they're getting ready to launch the new GT86? I haven't heard, but... Is there? There's rumor it's going to be a turbo model. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what that thing's been crying be, out for. That'll be in the news next episode. It'll be quite cool. Tesla have released a convertible. Absolutely, the convertible that no one's seen coming, including Tesla. So <laughs> <All> right, okay. <laughs> Tesla's first convertible release uh, since the Roadster in 2008, and this really was not meant to be. So ours, after picking up their new Model Y, the Chen family in America were driving home and heard a lot of wind noise. Somebody have curry the night before? <laughs> no, not that type of wind noise. <laughs> and I quote, I thought a window was open, but half a minute later, the entire glass top of the roof just flew off. Fantastic build quality. <clears throat> build quality hanging out of it. There must be ex-British Alien employees employed in Tesla. I think there? there must be. I don't know. It's the, the grandchildren of them. <laughs> So they only picked the car up a few hours before this, and this is they noticed a few fit and finish issues, which is quite common with Tesla, with like panel gaps and things like that. And this is like, yeah, they were kind of expecting this, and they can live with it because of what it is. But they were not expecting the roof to fly off. And he says when he was back, the Tesla rep told them that either the seal was faulty or they forgot to seal the the roof on entirely. That is scary. That sounds like that was a Friday car. It does. It sounds like a Tesla car. <laughs> like, how does that even happen? You know, quality control were off that day. I've seen. Have you ever bonded windows in? Have you, Lee? Mm-hmm. I've it, watched bonded windows going in. You ever try and remove one? It is ridiculously. Unless you've a tool for cutting oh, it out, piano wire. Ah, yeah, yeah, or the cutting tool. Yeah, it's not going to fall out. See whether this thing was just sitting in. I don't know. Maybe there's like a thing for clipping the glass in to hold it in place until it gets bonded, or what the story is, but. That thing just flew off the road. 
That's ridiculous. Yeah. So that would not be what you're expecting from your brand new Model Y. I don't know what a Model Y is, but like any price you're paying for a car, you don't expect the roof to fall off it. Just you happen to mention Tesla there in that story, and this week uh, a good motor channel I follow is Carwow. Okay. Matt, Matt, oh, I forget his full name. Um, he's very good at reviewing cars, and he had the ID three, I think, on. It's the new Volkswagen. New Volkswagen, yeah. And he was reviewing it, and he made an interesting sort of point on it. He was in the. He was talking about the interior and showing you the interior and stuff. And he says, "This is a tough thing for me to say or whatever." But he says, I "Didn't expect this, but the Tesla has a better interior than this Volkswagen." The ID three. And he says, "You can see that Dieselgate has had an effect on their budgets because the interior just isn't up to Volkswagen scratch anymore." That's interesting. Yeah, I've heard that it's a complete departure from the Volkswagen style as well inside them. Like they're well, it's, totally different. It's electric generation that had to do a departure, like. But I think he was more talking about the quality. Yeah, it's of just the not finish. there. And like that's a pity. So, uh, I yeah. haven't seen one in real life yet. Have you? Yeah. Oh, you have? Have you, Lee? No. I actually quite like them. I have saw you? Mark 8 on the road last week or the week before. Oh, but. don't talk about those. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll balance that by saying we've seen a Hyundai i30 in this morning as yeah, well. There we, we go. Behind one. The, world's, the world's rest again. <laughs> um, have you, did you have a look in round it? Did you? No, it's just I've seen it sitting. Oh, ah, yeah. No, I, th- I like them. I think they're cool, but it's a pity to hear that they're not up to up to scratch on them. Well, um, Agnes Molusk, I think they. Started selling them two week or started releasing them to the customers that ordered them two weeks ago. So they are out and about then. I think there's a slight supply issue. Just hmm. one other thing, he said, you can spec three types of engine or range, okay. and then you can spec spec eight interiors, and then spec exteriors. He says it gets all different. Can, it gets all very confusing. And yeah. then there's some interiors you can't spec with an exterior, and there's some engines you can't spec. He says it just becomes a minefield. The options it does. It also means that the like in the second hand market, if you want a particular spec on something, it's going to be very hard to get. You know, something's going to be rare. Or if you're, it's a bit like in America when they launched the individual colors, or not the, the spectrum colors, sorry. And I suppose BMW with the individual colors too. And if a lot of people don't spec a certain color, and it's kind of desirable down the line, the price of those goes up. Yeah, it'll end up like the. Isn't it the BMW guys who are all into their, oh, this is the only one released in this model year with this interior and the, the smokers pack and the this, that and the other. And that's the only one that has all of those things. And it was built on a and Tuesday. And you're like, literally, who gives a fuck? <laughs> yeah. Andy Totten, hello. BMW guys. Hey, are, Andy. Yeah. Um, Some people get very nerdy about that kind of thing. They do. It's not my thing. Well, RS owners are very nerdy about that sort of thing. They are indeed, yeah. <laughs> and to finish my news off then... Stance Lords Rejoice. Okay. Acura have returned. So anyone not... Put the celebration music back in here, please. (laughs) here we go. So anyone not in that scene, Acura are... I wouldn't say a suspension manufacturer, but they're dealing air ride components, and it's mainly the management side of things. For me, they were the Rolls Royce of air air management type stuff. uh, Airlift is the common stuff, and for me, Acura was always that step above... It's I the just, finesse. Yeah, I, I just couldn't afford it. And I always sort of looked towards it. And I, They're very innovative. Yeah, they were. And what they'd done at the start was very, very smart. Their valve block had, where the likes of airlift stuff was all built in and you couldn't work on it. The Acura stuff, you could actually strip and replace individual valves and work on it. So if you were stuck on the side of the road, you could at least strip it down and even try and blow it out. Everything had a more quality feel. Their controllers were like billet alloy machined out. You know, everything was really nice with them. And then... The problem was they were kind of stale for quite some time. And while that airlift kind of then continued on and developed past them, 
and then our Acura brought out this thing called it was a different range, but the top range one was a CVT, which was the tank had the valves and the compressor built in inside it, so it kept the noise down. Everything was compact, and you opened the boot, and all you had was your tank sitting, mm-hmm. and everything was inside it. They launched it at SEMA, not last, not this year, last year, and when they released it, it had problem after problem, and then they went in April, they went bust, the investors pulled out on them, COVID was blamed, but there was a lot of behind the scenes talking and stuff on Facebook, people saying that it wasn't just COVID, there was... Heard that guys liked the party. Yes, and there was a lot of money was not there when it should have been, things like that. So they went down, left a lot of people standing, but the problem, a big outcry from people was the fact that people had placed orders the day before and they took all the orders and then just closed the doors that day and the official statement was see us in court like it was literally if you want this you have to go through the bankruptcy and speak to the debtors and then they'll get you sorted out with it sort of thing and something that's supposed to be community related it was a bit sort of underhanded and it left a it was bad taste what they would call sly yeah sly <laughs> so They've been bought out now by a company called Arnott, who actually manufacture aftermarket replacements for man, like OE manufacturers' air systems. So if you had okay. a Range Rover with an airbag in it that went bad, if you buy an aftermarket replacement, it's likely made by Arnott. So they have a background in air suspension was quite good. My first thought with that was, will they now start offering struts? Where Airlift always offered the complete package of management and the suspension. Yeah. Acura didn't, it was just the management, so they might, now you might use that potential from Arnott to offer a complete package, which is something I thought they always missed out on. As of recent news, or most recent news, what they've told us is they won't stand over any previous warranty work, but they are opening up the tech support line to try and help the people who get caught out with that, which is understandable, because you can turn around and say, yeah, it's the same company, but it's not. It's owned by different people, and they have bought it, so yeah. it's not what happened before has nothing to do with them. Personally, I think they should have rebranded it. Because they're going to get tortured. You know, they're going to get, I bought this off you. I we're, use your slide. We're a di- yeah, we're a different Acura. No, you're the same Acura. I don't care. You know, it's... Mud, mud sticks. Exactly. That's the issue. They've kind of bought the name, but I suppose what they have actually done is they actually own all the intellectual property from before too. So that according to them, what they're doing is they're looking at the current range and they're going to see what to bring back. So they're obviously going to look and say, that wasn't working. That gave problems. Bin that off. But this works and bring this back and they're going to develop that stuff so their development that is good plus it also means that if you own those like a current product they'll have a supply of like aftermarket parts for it which is good too so if something does go down they can help you out with it that's good because there's thousands of people who've probably invested their oh, yeah. air ride in um, Acura, Acura so yeah. at least have some sort of and it's good to see a brand like that still staying uh, yeah. which helps that finer touch to the finish of stuff and all exactly sometimes you feel like it's kind of a race to the bottom with people trying to develop stuff as cheap as possible and just get it out there where they didn't yeah. the, there was a lot of development time and it just unfortunately didn't work out i think acura were more aimed at the higher end cars weren't they yeah a lot Lambos, of stuff, stuff like that. yeah and a lot of stuff in america like the hot rod scene and uh like mini truckers and things got all used a lot of acura stuff as opposed to airlift which was pretty good when was acura set up I know Airlift's been going from the 50s or 60s. I, don't, I think Acura was more recent. I don't know the actual date, but it's not as long as what Airlift was. Airlift are way, way back, yeah. Because Airlift, or, or Airlift, I think they are more to do with trucks back then, weren't there? Or Mini trucking and stuff like uh, that had it, yeah. They had their origins. Yeah, so that uh, wraps up news, Connor. That's us then. Yeah, Lee, yeah. Mm-hmm. All good. So we'll t- just chat briefly of uh, two YouTube things here to talk about. 
and the first is a channel I've sort of been following on and off for probably a year and it's one of the co-owner I think he's a co-owner of Apex Taxi at Nürburgring it's Misha Sheridan okay he is I think he's got a race license but he does a YouTube channel some of the content's very interesting and it just came up one I think it was last week the week before and it took me down a rabbit hole of some of his videos first of all to explain Apex Taxi is basically car rental and they drive you fast round the Nürburgring. Yeah, the professional of, drivers. Professional drivers, fleet of M cars, Porsches, I think of McLaren's as well. And it was basically a video chatting about BBS wheels running on their M4s and M3s. So they have four or five sets of E88 magnesium wheels. And it was basically talking about how they've moved away slightly from using them. And they've moved to uh, a wheel brand called ProTrack because of the running costs of the... BBS E8 were just becoming too much for a practical use as APAC taxi. Yeah. Apex taxi. Um, as you know, E8s are magnesium race wheels. They're disposable. Yeah, the, the no matter what anybody the, says, yeah, yeah, they are. And so there were the, the video was about a fifteen minute brief rundown on how they're they're still running them, but it's more practical. They're phasing them out. It's more ra- practical to run a lightweight forge wheel. I think what happens with them is the stress fracture, don't they? The stress fracture and then, and then a barrel. Now they can run with slight cracks and they explained how what's acceptable and what's not mm-hmm. and then when it gets into the inner barrel that's when you change the barrel yeah but i think they mentioned figures of thirty thousand a year that's crazy yeah for and barrels realistically mm-hmm. if it's like what are they gaining by running those wheels yeah other than same points essentially you know a different if you're on a full-on race car so they were basically saying that every time they would come in at lunchtime they would check the tire pressure because that's the giveaway sign yeah you're losing that air. you're losing air and they're continually lunchtime to do a check at night to do a physical inspection and stuff like that there um so yeah that just sort of remind me of i think it was episode four we done the bbs story that's right yeah and we briefly mentioned about how their use and race use and all and they were saying particularly with the, the taxi runs that they do sometimes it's particularly in the m3s they can hold three passengers on a driver okay yeah so all that weight Pushing hard, clipping apexes at a hundred plus mile an hour. That's particularly hard in the idiots. So now there's it's starting to show. Yeah. Yeah. And cars themselves are getting heavier, never mind loading them up with three people, which wouldn't be in a race car either. Yeah. Their setup's amazing. Um follow Misha's channel anyway. But as I was saying, this led, led me down a rabbit hole. And I think it hit that one of the, the next videos I'm gonna talk about very briefly is the the video on the let um Robert Kubica. I can always say that <laughs> he's an XF1 driver he's Polish he was an F1 driver for a number of years then he had a really bad crash in the winter of 2011 when he di- dipped his toes into rallying and then he lost partial use of his right hand I think oh nice so that meant he couldn't do F1 driving so then he turned to rally driving and he's had on and off his success and I think he's now out of that and I think he's driving for Alfa Romeo and DTM now okay but anyway I digress um, he done 36 laps in one of the Apex Taxi's 30 or M4s and given an absolute thrashing. The first of the video was basically Misha in the passenger seat with Robert. The sensation of speed of him driving it is just unreal. That's class because a lot um, of the time video doesn't really give away how much, you know, how fast something is. But when you see it fast in a video, it's, it's impressive. I think the video at the minute is at three and a half million views. Right. But because the, the cameras are very good and all the rest of it, like, you watch him driving and he doesn't look like he's under pressure. He's just like, he looks like he's out for a Sunday drive. Yeah, there's some of the videos <laughs> I've seen before of like, you know, like Japanese drifters who have been doing it for like 30 odd years. Yeah. And you'd swear they're out for a Sunday drive, as you say. And But the feet is like river dance. And up top, 
It's like kind of the analogy of the duck, you know, kicking all under the water. on the surface. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was um, Jackie Stewart when he was talking to James May to get him to improve his laps time, top gear, years ago he yeah, done this episode. That, yeah. He's saying, you know, you can't be tense or the car will react to your tenseness. You have to be relaxed. And Robert was, was showing that by his mm. style of driving. Um, but apparently he had never been on the Nürburgring before. So the first... 10 laps or so he's getting a note and then the video was shot then halfway between the 36 laps so we got the he got the hang of it got the howl of it by then so the next video then it's just YouTube just you know it's continually playing uh-huh. so it led into then the aftermath the aftermath of him taking the M4 flat out hard for 36 laps so basically they took the car and they have um, a garage where they have a dedicated mechanic team who looked at the car, uh-huh. which they, they check every day anyway for safety. But they found that needed four new wheel bearings, um, pads all around, new set of slicks, and a CV joint, and basically several thousand pounds for letting I rab out in the He's hard for the day. <laughs> Aye, that wouldn't be fun. That's but the they day. were sort of saying that um, you see, it wasn't necessarily him that done that. It was freshly done and all the rest of it, but his style of driving so hard on the car and apexes it all depends on the style of driving on the car but he did absolutely muller it um, <laughs> fair, fair play to him. and then they, they also described that the m3 taxi car when it has three passengers in it'll go three more wheel bearings and brake pads because the weight. weight yeah that's understandable yeah and then that led finally into the fourth video which actually came out um sunday morning and that was a guy from england over in his mark ii golf track car i think oh, Ron okay. actually sent sent us that video this morning or shared he could have had yeah um but it was basically a guy from england who runs track days and he is it's a self-build mark ii track car it's like a time attack car with aero splitters wings side skirts and then it has hydraulic um jacking points okay yeah. side welded into the cage um it started off life as a uh, 1.6 cl and he is basically it's a two liter 16 valve engine with a turbo uh gripper plate diff kw sport coils and he took misha run out on it and he was basically going around the track chasing horses and having lots of fun and power figures everybody's all about power and it was basically at 0.6 bar it was 280 brake then he has he has three settings 0.6 bar one bar and 1.6 so can go up to 280 360 or i think it was 440 very nice and what is it a two liter 16, two liter 16 valve? valve turbo yeah that's cool what uh, gearbox is it on there uh o2s is that out of the mark fives i think it is yeah um, that's the strange option for that so the only thing i know about them is they don't have a takeoff for the speedo because it picks up off the abs sensor oh dear. well it was a full um like a digital dash a fellow was called nigel pinder i think he runs dn events track days in england okay but uh, no, he took he took Misha around and that's Andy Maxwell's Mark II goals there. Yeah, um, it was a self build car. It was very functional looking, and uh, no, it's good to see rather than usual Porsches or yep. I'd rather see something like that. Works build. This was a guy who run events, built this mental machine to go around Nurburgring. Put his money where his mouth is. Yeah, so that's Misha Sheridan. Sheridan. I'm not pronouncing that right. No, I'm not. But. He's quite an interesting channel from time to time. There's there's good uh, good content on it. And following on more on YouTube then, I've mentioned it, I think the last time was um, TR Hamza, the yeah. Birmingham-based, you could call him the Birmingham-based Shmee, only you can listen to him. Uh, he's not a pain in the ass. <laughs> so he basically has his, 
RS3 now that he bought recently, tuned, and he's putting out 540 brake. Yeah, he's a big TFSI guy. Yeah, so he got it tuned, and then his latest video was basically putting on a £2,000 air intake. Yeah, no thanks. It was a Eventura intake, carbon intake, and awesome, £2,000, nah, you're all right. But one thing I took away from it, and I think I was talking to Andy Maxwell about this yesterday morning, it was basically the money is in the carbon. Essentially, all you're doing, the intake is very restrictive in the RS3. I think that's basically more to do with the RS4. Okay, So right. it's not as fast as it. Aye, it's, um, it's been de-restricted from factory sort of so thing. So he, he compared the standard intake with the Inventory one. I think it's three and a half intake it goes to, basically. And you hold them together and you just go, well, that's simple car performance tuning yeah. you've let more air in so yep. it's not the fact that it's carbon fiber so you could put a drain pipe and an air filter on and probably <laughs> do the same thing more air in more horses out yeah so uh, yeah check him out T.R. Hamza um, I'm enjoying his content lately and that run, sums up my YouTube content for this week very good just before we go any further I'd like to take a minute to talk about our sponsor Relo Global Relo Global are an enthusiast-owned company providing you with not only premium automotive apparel, but accessories such as garage banners, posters, stickers and air fresheners. They're Northern Ireland-based and are an official stockist for 8380 Labs in the UK and Europe, so pop on over to Reload.Global and check them out. So leading on from talking about Reload, uh, 3rd October we had our second driven run. Um, we had a north coast um, route basically and it turned out the weather was fantastic, wasn't it? It was more like a North Sea route. It, uh, <laughs> there was uh, quite a lot of moisture in there. There was, yeah. And on the road, and in my clothes, but, and everywhere. <laughs> yeah, so we gathered at Raceview Carton and Palomina, quickly done a raffle collection, uh, went up the North Coast, uh, the, the regular coastal route. We had to cut it short, basically, because it was basically a storm. It was. And do you know what? Fair play to anybody that took anything out. I... If no one had turned up, I would have went, yeah, I can fully understand why. Yeah, yeah. And there was guys turned up in E46 M3s, Lotus Avoras, um, Aston, Aston Martin, Martins. Mark Aston's Mar- um, Martin. Richie was having a bit of a twitchy time in his... 200 SX, yeah. which is brave taking that out in Andy a damp day, never mind wet day. Uh, Audi 80, Andy Maxwell. Yeah. Arn and Mary's... Uh, On, yeah. Beetle. Fair play to those guys because they turned up in uh, Hercule Beetle with a Safari window and no wipers. Yeah. on what's probably the worst day it has been all oh, year yeah absolutely so, fairly, and they stuck it out but yeah the, the turnout was amazing I think Fantastic. it was what it was close to 30 what oh, was there I must count this Sorry, one. there was 30 cars yeah. <laughs> how many cars was on I don't know did you count them I think I had about 37 right okay yeah Um. and we had a few dropouts on the day it was unfortunately some of the listeners I'll not name them his car broke down the night before oh, yeah. uh, spectacularly and needed recovered and no, and I really appreciate everybody coming out, and everybody seemed to enjoy it. And we'll actually put out a thing about uh, feedback. But yeah, so we ended up raising seven hundred and seventy-five pounds in total um, for Click Sergeant, worth worthwhile uh, children's cancer charity. And uh, just a quick word to say thank you to all the people who donated the raffle prizes. So they are no particular order: Blackwater Graphics, Hills Mixtape, Him with the Beard, Mark Hill Video Production. Paint and Components and Balamoney, Motorsport and Spares and Balamina, Night Shift Industries, uh, KLC Wheel Refurb and The Short Shift. So big shout out to you guys. Um, yeah. The raffle went down well and raised lots of money and it's much appreciated. And Apologies to anyone who I sold a raffle ticket to and didn't know their name. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm really not good with names in the first place. And then you have that complicated thing between you might know their Instagram name, but you don't know their real name. Or you know their car. Yeah. Oh, that's awkward. That's awkward. Like is. Connor has literally the best Instagram name because it's actually his name. Yeah, it's Andy. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we ended up finishing in, what do you call it, East Strand Car Park. Yeah. Which turned out to be a ticket to car park, which yeah, a lot of people didn't realize. <laughs> in the midst of a pandemic, uh, Moyle Council have decided to make a lot of car parks in Portrush pay as you go or yep, you have to pay, pay display. And as soon as we pulled in, a ninja car parking warden dropped out of the sky. Just gave it the full steam and was about to take it a low Savora. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, that would have been good. So uh, to yeah. be honest, I was standing. I didn't even know. I never seen signs or anything for it until one of the other guys said to me, "Here, he's going to ticket your car." Yeah. I was like, "Oh yeah, maybe should move." Yeah. So apologies for that. When we done a recce run, there was nobody, there were no machines up, and they've mysteriously appeared overnight. Them up. But um, yeah, put a wee thing up just for feedback and Instagram stories. So I'll just read out a few comments here very quickly. Ryan Cudlip, uh, fantastic day out despite the shite weather. Great route too. It's great for him because he was out in a car that he won a raffle. Oh, that's right, a raffle winner. Oh, that was what I meant to say earlier on. I was coming home from Dundalk the other day and I, on the other side of the motorway, I saw this like low loader lorry with a silver R32 skyline on it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And then got home that night and was on Facebook and somebody had won it on R Kings. And I was like, oh, I saw that car today. Somebody's, somebody's <laughs> new yoking down the road. So of course Small I then world. promptly went and entered. Of course you <laughs> Another did. Another one, because I was like, "Oh, I saw, that's that's fate." I saw that car today, and then beans and toast for the rest of the month. Lazy idiot. <laughs> and then one of the cars that they had was a Mark One Focus RS that I talked about on the last podcast, and it came up for raffle, and I was like, "Well, it's definitely fate now. I have de- I've already won this. It's just a formality." Like, of course, you get that in your head. I yeah. didn't win. That's why I don't do these things. <laughs> Another comment is from David Jack Hill. Don't know, didn't get to go as because work likes to fuck with my social and mental well-being. That's true. <laughs> uh, ben Emerson, who's just got his lovely new uh, M3. Very, very wet, lol, but good crack regardless. Um, Aaron Noodle Hegarty, the Beatle we mentioned. Wild, wet and windy. Great crack though, and nice to see everyone again. We'll bring wipers next time. Yeah, that's a <laughs> good, good idea. idea. <laughs> Clark. Nigel clearly had used his good budget for this year. Yep, the weather was not good friendly. 525 Gav, I think he has a 911. He has the, yes, a 996 silver one. Uh, he just comments, ball freezing. Yep, um, he's not wrong. Uh, Robert Aborthnot, Robert GTA, underscore GTA. Unreal, really enjoyed, even though the weather was crap and still a nice drive and loads of good people. Studio 10 detailing, I thought the guy in the black 911 was lovely looking. I thought there was only Robin's Black 911 yeah, there. Yeah, me too. Um, no, must have missed the second one. Thomas C1 missed it. It looked phenomenal, though. No, what reading those comments earlier when they came in, it was annoying because I was seeing names that I hadn't spoke to yet. And it was like, oh, I want to get talking to them. Oh. Or no, the weather just sort of put a real damper and actually getting to speak to people properly. Yeah, because you usually have a bit of yeah, you can chat get, time. Yeah, we're, instead we're trying to hide in the cars. Um, Zach.417, did I want to get a parking ticket? I had, had in capital letters, to buy dinky donuts to get change. Well, <laughs> um, he also says, great day, putting faces to names, stroke cars, pity about the rain, but to be expected here. Quattro underscore Rick. Um, shite exclamation mark because I couldn't participate <laughs> uh, Richie Brown Brown174 uh, forgot my umbrella and ended up wetter than an otter's pocket on the drive home yep I think that was a theme for the day it was <laughs> um, I was soaked to the skin like I yeah. was soaked right through I was even wearing a hoodie 
Uh, clean underscore works. That's Jake McKnight. It was my first driving event. Really enjoyed getting out to see some friends and cool cars. That's what it's all about. AJM VW, Andy Maxwell. Wet, you sacrificed the goat in the wrong country. Bar that, awesome. Uh, Andrew underscore Walker. Wet, with some wild overtakes in the coast road. Good fun, all in all. So, thank you very much, guys. We appreciate the feedback and we appreciate your generosity raising some money and we'll be back another day with another event hopefully excellent um just on the topic of driving it's actually something you post up nigel was about music to drive to that a lot of the listeners had commented in on and there was some absolutely phenomenal responses yeah it was good uh, the feedback from that was really good i enjoyed that music like fair enough it's a lot of the time when i'm out in the vr6 I don't have the radio on you know you just turn the turn it down and listen to the actual engine sounds but there is a lot of times even if you're driving it could be anything you drive a one liter course or you're a daily driver and you stick music on it just sort of changes the experience and our listeners have a varied and very good taste in music i should say yeah absolutely and we had great crack listening to some of the songs on the way up here today actually because yeah. you know when you just something's clicks in your head and go quack i haven't heard that song in ages and yeah. <laughs> i must stick that on uh, so I'll read through a few of the responses that we had. So RH Photography. I normally belt on Foo Fighters Wasting Light album. Great for a blast over the Wicklow, I assume, hills or mountains. It was the end Wicklow of that mountains. sentence. <laughs> um, Bart says he can't listen to music in his Mark 5 because the three inch exhaust from the turbo is deafening. <laughs> <laughs> That's impressive for a diesel like on that. Roland Rolling cool. Yep. Ronan suggested uh, Space Cowboy, the David Morales mix, Motorcycle as the Rush Comes. Absolute cracker. I thought Ronan had a third one as well. He did. It was uh, Devil and I by Slipknot. Yep. That's quite a varied selection. Ronan's like myself. He's very, very... Dips his toes in many. Mixed. Yeah. Yeah. Mine would be the same. Uh, Cormac O'Dowd says ACDC Thunderstruck. Awesome. Yes. Legendary. A86 World Feeder Just a Day. Yep. That was one of the ones we listened to on the way up as well. That was a good suggestion, Chris. Um, Some Dude Bob, Nine Inch Nails, We're In This Together. Yep. Brian O'Neill. I had to look that up. I've never listened to any of these in my life. <laughs> Not your thing. <laughs> uh, Brian O'Neill suggests Kavinsky, Night Call, Avenged Sevenfold, Unholy Confessions, and Pantera, Cowboys from Hell, all of which... Yeah, I'm there You're with Brian. Brian. <laughs> Brian goes in hard. He does, yeah. <laughs> Fogel O'Reilly, uh, Redneck, Lamb of God. Yep, I can get on board with that. Roe Patrickstad. I always mess that one up. Old car and carbs equals too loud to listen to music. Fair he enough. is right, to be fair. Preach, brother, preach. <laughs> yep. Uh, D-Lynch 88, uh, Fuel by Metallica. Awesome. Tune. Uh, Andy Maxwell... <laughs> this will be Garth Brooks get out uh, he says no hit the diff <laughs> Richie Remo <laughs> he actually which, then, mix, which mix Richie Remo or Nathan Carter <laughs> neither he, he corrected himself and said nah window down and hit that loud pedal listen to the five cylinder roar oh uh, yeah that's the job definitely preferable to hit the diff Chris MCC 212 hey boy hey girl chemical brothers yeah another yep, great classic. tune uh, K Gunner 22 Connor will agree on this Slipknot People Equal Shit Duality Before I Forget Yep Go with that uh, Jeff This is the one that's now Currently stuck in my head For the rest of the day Because we listened to it On the way up uh, Go With The Flow By Queens of the Stone Age oh, Do you know it? Yeah That is such a driving tune The bass and that's unbelievable The bass and that Just like piano chord That yep. just runs the whole way through it It's like really Like 
it, it's like a like, heartbeat. It's yeah, like it's real like frantic. If I had video here, you see how happy Lee is. Lee is I am like, this is this is my jam. This is like music is Lee's thing. Like it's yeah. all on cars. This is Lee. S fourteen OCP Daphne. I don't know this one. Is it yay yay or yeah yeah? I'm I, gonna have to look that one up. I'm afraid to look that one up. No one him. Mm. <laughs> Uh, low and slow. I think you alluded to this one earlier, Connor. Uh, Danger Zone by Kenny Loggins. Yes. From Top Gun. Unbelievable. I would I have to have uh, aviators on for that oh, one. Oh, 100%. It's you flying your drone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Crashing it, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> and another one from Low and Slow, Bonnie Tyler, I Need a Hero. Tom, that what was... What a tune. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, would ha- I would have to fashion a moustache for that one. <laughs> totally left fielder of everything that was on, but yeah. such a tune. Middleman78 suggests Blur Song 2, also which did. I forgot about and I was oh. like, yeah, right enough. That's a tune from back in the day. Song 2 was just out in their own hell. Yep. Yeah, wind it up. M to L 93, Come Out You Black and Tans by the Wolfstones. He's been talking to Ronan, haven't they? <laughs> Has he trying to take Ronan's title as the biggest <laughs> Republican listener? <laughs> uh, Ryan Cudlip, Anything by Led Zeppelin. He's right. I absolutely agree. So... Because Led Zeppelin 3 is one of my favourite albums ever. I'm going to pick for you there, Ryan, and say Immigrant Song. Yep. Lethal tune. <laughs> Emmett McCartney, Panama by Van Halen. R.I.P. Yeti. Topical I've at actually the been listening to a bit of Van Halen this week. Yeah, I would say most people have. It's, uh... I think my brother was into um, a lot of metal when he was younger, so uh-huh. I get some of my music. Cause Drip feeding could... from him. Yeah, so it was basically... Um, Van Halen, Bon Jovi, yep. Wasp. Do you remember Wasp? Oh, yeah. Mm. yeah. And Motley Crue. Oh, yes. So that's some of the music that was playing when I was a teenager. Man, was good taste. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty Lee doesn't know his name. <laughs> I do. Your brother's name is Mark. There you go, Mark, 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 Mark. She knows now. <laughs> Robin, Mark, Mark, Mark. Robin still doesn't know. <laughs> what was it you wrote in the ticket? Nigel's brother. Nigel's brother. Nigel's bro, yeah. <laughs> I knew I could come back to it later if I remember. <laughs> Should ask me. <laughs> um, Clark says, Ash, lose control, takes me back to being a kid and racing a Mazda Demio that's in Gran Turismo. a good tune. I don't even know that song. I must oh, look it up. That, that tune would take me back like a song too would. Mm. Uh, Andrew Walker, Motorhead, yeah. Overkill. Yes. My cousin actually went to school with Ash. Oh, uh, Tim Wheeler. Down, down high. Yeah, so. that's... Um, Motorhead are amazing, but yeah, and the only th- the the bad thing about Motorhead and some of those older bands, and even Led Zeppelin and some of my other favorite ones like Black Sabbath and stuff, unfortunately, back then the sound recording the and stuff just wasn't very good, and the quality and my thing with music is I like a really full sound, yeah. especially like a really bassy sound, and a lot of that older stuff, even you get the remasters and stuff. It's, it's just not as there and you have to turn it up really loud and then when the next song comes on you have to whack it away back down again. <laughs> yeah, I remember back 2009 my dad had the first of five strokes I think it was. We got him out of the hospital and he was out a few days and I had a Motorhead tickets bought for him and he was literally just out after having a stroke we brought him to Motorhead and the Ulster Hall. Unbelievable. That live gig was Unreal. like it was, like, it was either going to kill him or cure him. <laughs> I'm not sure which one it did. <laughs> Well, he's not dead, so he's, he's fine. He's close. <laughs> he's fighting it. It sounds like strokes are just an inconvenience to him now. Like oh, the man just is like another stroke. Ask grand. He just gets on. Builds, Shake it off. Let's go. Shakes it off and builds another motorbike. <laughs> the man's a machine. 
Um, David Jackhill also suggested Hit the Diff, uh, but then he said jokes. Good. Anything 90s rap oriented. Yep. So, Connor, you could definitely. My wide taste in music. Cover, everything's been touched on here. Like, it's great. Early Dre, Kanye. Yep. Wu Tang Clan. Um, the next series of uh, suggestions come from Buster Conrad in the US. So he says, anytime Booker T and the MG's Green Onions. I know Booker T. I know Booker T from Fatboy Slim remixes, yeah. but that's about it. Um, when I'm feeling old and or just enjoying the scenery, the babies, isn't it time? I don't know a lot of these songs. I'm going to have to look at all these up. Uh Honestly, he says, honestly, just like to hit shuffle and half the time I'm tuning it out, paying attention to the roads. Having said choice. that, you can't go wrong with Jerry Reed, Waylon Jennings. So he's obviously a country music fruit. No, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Buster. <laughs> Lee's not a country girl. No. And then he later on said he might want to change all previous answers to Lords of Acid, depending on his mood. And also almost anything by Mantronics. I'll have to look all them up. So, but much like us, I think it's varied. And I mean, that's what I do. I drive around with my phone on shuffle and it literally could start off with Girls Aloud and then go to Metallica and then go to Motorhead. Calvin Harris yep. and then go to... <laughs> I, I don't get somebody that just likes one band or one style of music. No, I, I was never that. I think your mood dictates the music. I agree. However, that being said... When I worked in HMV for a while, for quite a long time actually, there are a lot of people who are real snobs about their musical genre. And I'm sorry to say it, but metalers are generally the worst for it. They are, yeah. And they're just Met- look down their nose at you like, ugh. Metalers are hipsters. Yeah. Oh, they really are the guy that you used to work with? Oh, he was such a metal snob. Like. He was the sort of guy I went, I was a fan of them before they were popular. Oh yeah, I like yeah. the old stuff. Yeah. And if you were like, if you put on <laughs> something else or like, because I like metal, but I also like the other end of the scale, like dance music and stuff. And he would have been like, how can you like that? You know, that's like disgusting and stuff. And I was like, whatever. <laughs> Turned his nose up. Well, I think the last one there I just you missed was um, Graham Curry. Had, oh, sorry, Graham. Had Darude Sandstorm. Which, yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, come Banger. on. <laughs> that is a, yep, 90s classic. Which is weird to think it's a classic, but it is. So I've been told anyway. Just on that topic, I think we were talking before we started record. We think mm-hmm. we'll actually take all these suggestions from the listeners and create a Spotify playlist. Yep, I'll get on that. So we can do that and we'll link it in the show notes for when the this goes out. And I think afterwards we'll continue to carry that on and we'll actually do one eights ourselves and something if you are out driving and you've used up all your reload podcasts, you can put on and enjoy driving too. And you can just take a piss out of my music choice. Oh, yes. Uh, oh, we, people, de- we definitely will. Most people probably won't like mine either, to be fair. <laughs> Look, I think Taylor Swift's very talented, okay? I I actually said about Taylor Swift earlier, and Lee was like, yeah, that's fine, it's okay to like her, but it's okay for me to like her because I'm a girl. I was like, all right, fair enough. When I was in HMV, um, this girl came up to the counter one day and was asking about, do you know when the Taylor Swift album is coming out? Because it was around the time when the first big song came out on the radio. Well, I'm sorry to say that I was too cool and I had never even heard the song on the radio. So I started looking up on Taylor Swift and whatever. I typed it in and it came up and it said, and I said, oh, it's coming out in March the 3rd or whatever it was. But I didn't know who Taylor Swift was. So I went, his new album will be coming out on March the 3rd. 
<laughs> and you work in HMV. And I work in HMV. And I also have that trouble because I have a boy's name as well. So I should have known. Never assume people's gender. <laughs> there you We're go. Living in a new world. Um, Non-binary. Swift. <laughs> Non-binary Swift. <laughs> We'll finish up this episode then, as always, with our listener questions. We've and got quite a few, haven't we? We do, yeah. And the first one I want to ask or read out is one we missed from the last episode. It was actually from me and Ken in Florida. And he says, what's your favourite Volkswagen Audi colour? It's a toughie. It is indeed. It's A lot of the time it's going to depend on the car itself. Mm. Mark 2, it's bright blue metallic. Bright blue metallic is a good choice. Um, there's some of the late 70s Volkswagen colours, the... The Just, Mark 1 range? Yeah. That's my bag. That's why yeah. I painted the Mark Mark 3 Amola. Or sorry, Amola. Um, Manila? Manila. <laughs> brain fart. Uh, Manila green. I love that. And the, the Beetle colours as well. Like that sort of flat pastel-y colours. I think they're amazing. Or 32 blue. What like colour is yeah. Nelly's Mark 2? Oh, Helios blue. Helios blue. Yeah. I think that's one of that's my favourites. It's hard to look past BBM though. BBM. Atlas Grey as well, you like? I love Atlas Grey too. Dusty Mauve and Acrado is nice too. Yes. Oak Green. Oh, Oak Green. It could play the death. And I it well did. It. I know, but it is nice. It's good though. Um, there's, yeah. a guy in, there's a guy in England uh, painted a Mark IV R32 Oak Green. And it is That would be so seriously subtle. nice. It's really subtle and just looks so good. Because you look at it and go, that looks yeah. familiar. Fan of Atlas Grey. Buy my Mark II. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mark II, yeah, it'd be bright moon metallic. If I was going to have a Mark II, it'd be Atlas Grey. 100%. Job done. Mm. Mm. Brian, McGinn, Brian McGinn has a lovely one there. Um, down the dock. Or Dragada. I forget where Brian's from. It has the RAMs or RSs with Dubshed two years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's, that's a serious plus, car, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I probably would go Overgene for the G60s, the Mark IIs. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. That's nice. It's very, very rare, but it's so nice. I think non-vag would be the Honda Parrots. Oh, Pirates Black? Yeah. Yeah. For me, non-vague would be... Oh, we're getting into it. Um, Mazda Velocity Red. They came on the Mazda 6s. Top notch. You got any non-vague colours? Not off the top of my head. Oh, that mini colour. Do you remember the blue? Horizon Blue. Horizon Blue. Yeah. As you can tell, I mix paint for a living at one stage. I like my colours. There's that... A lot of Mark 1s in camera van because paint painted this like what's right it's like a baby blue oh i forget what you call it it's not florida blue is it the it might be is it the color that lucy painted or caddy yeah i ah, that's either florida blue or miami blue I they're very close that, i love that shoe yeah it's lovely goes well with my shoes that's it <laughs> brings out the color in your eyes um maren chris he says hey guys my question for this week i'm bringing my m3 off the road for the winter and getting a daily beater do performance cars have no purpose during the winter months Cheers, Chris. By the way, Nigel Poundstretcher doing White Monster for 89p a 10. Cheers, bro. Looking after them. <laughs> looking big after hugs, the man. big hugs. Um, I think it depends on the performance car. The... Depends on the winter. If you're talking <laughs> like in, in Ireland. Canada, Minnesota type winters, then probably Just the only thing you can drive is a snowplow. Lock yourself in the Whereas house. Whereas Ireland, like it gets a bit wet. We occasionally get about an inch of snow and the whole country grinds to a halt, but you're not talking really severe but, weather. The man's driving an M3, so half an inch of show, snow, he's not getting up a hill. <laughs> so yes, Chris, for yourself, I would lock that thing away. Anyone driving a nice four-wheel drive Audi, bring her out. 
you'll be fine. That'll put the cat Time on the shine for the quarters. <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah. Um, that's actually where my Bora comes into its own with the, the yeah. four-wheel drive system is reliable and fun. Traction control off in the back roads is interesting. Uh, having the R32 in the four motion, I find Haldex a bit twitchy sometimes. It is, but it's more fun than front-wheel drive. Well, that's true. Unless you go for a hedge. Yeah. Yeah, so basically, it depends what you have. <laughs> yeah. But no, I can understand if you have something good and you want to keep it good. Yeah. Salt in the roads over here road. kills stuff. Like, it just destroys it. Graham Curry, he says, best driver on four wheels to come out of Northern Ireland. I thought about this, and there's Eddie Irvine. There's Targeton. Yep. But the way I look at circuit stroke track racing is... It's much more a controlled environment. Than what rallying would be. And that's why I would look towards rallying. And then you would have the likes of Paddy Hopkirk. Bertie Fisher. Bertie Fisher and Chris Meek. And On a more local level, Frank Kelly. Frank and that Kelly. Mark too, that man is a genius what yeah. he does with that car. I couldn't really nail it down to somebody because everybody ha- has been... Different disciplines and different eras. Different opportunities. Yeah. I think Chris Meek has had a real struggle, challenge. He's a good driver. He's had a lot of bad moments. Yeah, and I think very typical of this country. A lot of people don't like to see you do well. So when he does do a bit of a fuck up, oh, everyone jumps on it. Like, them. yeah, that's that's a bit of shitty. Like, for me, just because my childhood hero was Bertie Fisher, and in the M three, I just remember going to watch him when I was a child, and he will forever be my hero. Hero, yeah. So, Bert, he says horsepower or torque. Which do you choose? That sounds like a coal roller question. I was going to say the man himself is choosing torque there because he's a, a big diesel man. I'm going torque. I'm going horsepower. Horsepower, baby. Mm. Yeah. Let her rev. ponies. Exactly. Um, Fogel O'Reilly, 26, he says, ideal project car for yourselves, non-vag. I'll start that one. And I've said it before. EG Civic, K20 swap, Ur-Ride, wire tuck, full-on show build. That's what I want to do. If I win the lottery... I'm finishing my Volkswagens, which will never happen, and I'm building a Civic. Lee? Big aspirations for the lotto win there. <laughs> um, I'm going to revert to one of my classic answers. Mitsubishi Galant, VR4, purpley grey, slammed, three-spoke bronze advance. Yes. You're perfect. You have a non-Volkswagen project anyway, the Nova. Oh, yeah, I you do. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> also, <Yeah>. Nova. <laughs> Nigel and I are purebloods. Um, well, what I'm going to say next, maybe. Oh, no, here we go. <laughs> I, I would like to do some Jap. Aye. Jap stuff's appealing. I'm just wondering. It's the build quality that kills me of them. I would, it's controversial. I would like to do a A86 with some sort of stupid engine on it. Oh, like, what are you talking, rudery? No. VR6. Oh, <laughs> I think for drivability, it'd be a four cylinder rather than a skyline route. Something light, maybe an S14 engine or something. Yeah, like that. I, the SR20s and yeah. skylines is I'm not saying they're common, but they are out there and they seem to do well. Like, I have a soft spot for twin cams, and I would give a lot of abuse and all the rest of it. I like them. I grew up in Cumber, and the a lot of boys had twin cams, and I drove a couple of them, and they're quick for what they are, they're fun. And they're so controllable and drivable. I get it. This country's just give them a bad name. That's yeah. the problem. Yeah. I would... JDM spec would go down the road too yeah. with it. A86, A86 World, who messaged in earlier, Chris mm-hmm. Gray, his Gray... Uh, well, he'll hit me calling it a twin cam, but A86, have you seen it? Comes to dubstep. Yes, yeah. That thing is amazing. Like, that's the ultimate for me. It's so cool. Man has taste. He does. 
Um, S14 OCP, Simon, he says, looks wise, which decade was best? Touring cars, rolling cars, F1 cars, etc. I'm going 80s. I'm going to go 80s. It goes back to what we talked about in the Senna episode. Leveries. There's a, there's a period I like, and it's between the late 80s and early 90s. Uh-huh. You're narrowing so, down here. Um, F1, I don't know. It's hard to pick. I couldn't pick. I really couldn't. <laughs> in the 80s, you had Quattro's... Uh, yeah, well, they win the rally, the group four, uh, 80s. Yeah, go cool, 80s. <laughs> That's but perfect. The, the BTCC of the 90s was epic for me. Lagunas. Oh, those Lagunas, yeah. those BTCC Lagunas, the holy Alfa fuck. Alfa Romeo's, you know, the yeah. prim- Even, premier. You remember this? Oh, premier. Yeah. You wouldn't look twice at one, you see that. That's awesome. Like, just slammed on 19s and early Mondeos and things like that. Oh, they're so cool. Yeah, so, yeah, we'll just resign the 80s then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we like 90s too. Um, Kgunner22 he says most underrated Volkswagen you think in an era of time mine is the Fastback or the Edition 35 the Edition 35 there's a listener has got one there recently I don't know if he's announced it or not so we'll not say who but um, I think we talked about anything Mark 6 I got it's like the Mark 6 R's they never really were about very much because they came out during like the 08 recession so a lot of that stuff sort of got passed over they didn't build a whole lot of it or sell a lot of it there's not a whole lot I'm about. For me, though, anything Polo. Back when you were younger, Nigel, the likes of the, the Polo GTs, the wee 1300 yeah. injections, were always kind of overlooked versus a Mark II. The problem was their pricing and their underperformance compared to its rivals. Yeah. And then even more so. over SRI and smoke a GT. Yeah. And was lighter and, the and quicker. was dear. Yeah. It's hard to look past, but like we were talking last time about the Hyundais versus the, yeah. the uh, Mark VIII GTI. Um, even the later polos like the the 9 and 3 the 20 valve turbos they're that's, such an underrated wee car that's a sleeper that one of Jack Hills I know there's a lot of work done to it but it's crazy but even factory they're so cool they were they were kind of good stopgap where the Mark IV had let down a lot of people performance wise yeah and it used the engine of the Mark IV in a lighter shell in a lighter shell and it, it was a callback the Mark II's Mark III's yeah why they developed the Mark V. Hmm. I found that about it. Yeah, the 20 valve turbo was not a bad engine. It just was, they didn't do a whole lot or enough with it in the Mark IV was the problem. Yeah. For me, the most underrated Volkswagen, I think, would probably be a Mark III Golf ABF 2 litre 16 valve. A Mark III. Mm-hmm. Who'd have <laughs> thought it? Um, one of the finest engines, part of weight ratio setups. I think Volkswagen have done. I have to agree with you. They're, the ABF they're is amazing. Yeah, and they take so much abuse. And they're restricted from standard. Yeah. Put a four branch on them. Bit of tuning, you're 200 brake. There was always that rumour that they were restricted to keep them away from the VR6. Yeah, the VR6 territory. Like Andy Maxwell has one in his track car, Mark II, and it's an animal. Mm-hmm. Oh, just, I'm sure the track car I sold to Paul Glenn. It was an ABF and it was just... Yep, took a lot of abuse. Pulled out a shade, put it on a track for a day, laughed at me. Job done. <laughs> I think I, I, yeah, that would be a most underrated for me. I'm surprised to hear that now. I like it. Lee? Lubo GTI? Yes. Awesome. Um, the other thing I thought of as well initially when the question came out was uh, four motion, as in versus the R cars. Yeah. Because a four motion is like half the money and it's nearly the same thing. It's not even half like the money, it's Bora, less. Yeah. Like, your board's class. I they're, love it. They're, they're such good value. Like I had one briefly and all your pens for is a bit of fanciness really with an R32. The, yeah. the engine's different but performance wise I remember racing 
a four motion versus a Mark IV R32 on the motorway down to Dublin with a friend. There's nothing. There's not much in it. No, there's really not. I flew over to, I talked about this before, way back when we started this, and I flew over to England to lift one for Gethin, a Mark IV in Leeds, and drove back to Scotland. I give that thing death coming across the roads. Like, and. Hear that, Gethin? Oh, he knows. (laughs) Gethin be proud. Him man likes a bit of death. And yeah. It, there was a noticeable difference from my Bora. You know, it was more sixth gear where occasionally I would have had to drop into fifth to do something. It might have done it in sixth in the R32. But really, as you say, Lee, what you're paying for is the trims. It's the seats, the badges on the wheel. You know, the fact that you have an R car, like those four motions are so close to it. And if you can buy one for like... The, the R32 is basically the board out 2.8 with a different head. Yeah, the, the, the four motion differs slightly than the the original vr6 to 12 valve and that's more especially the later four motions are essentially an r32 engine with a smaller bore they're the same but the heads are different in r32s are they not there's a different bolt pattern i think yeah i don't think you can bolt the head on because i think gethin was having that problem right, trying to build okay. the r30 but like their management and stuff like that is all pretty much the same thing yeah but like for what is a 35 horsepower difference for probably less than a third of the price of an r car i know yeah if, you, if you're going to buy one to track or if you're going to buy one to Daily do times or something yeah. that you weren't looking to baby mm-hmm. that's what you'd be buying like yeah. you take it out and abuse it pick up a cheap charger somewhere yep stick a turbo oh. onto it hammer the thing i like it cool nice question i suppose i could go with the next question chris mcsee 212 he says what's the coolest thing you've sitting you've seen sitting in a rotting in a driveway I think the most famous one I know of is the Crado of Whitehead. Oh, yes, I. Yep. Every so often, Facebook. I remember seeing it years ago when it was solid, mm-hmm. sitting in the driveway, and it's a bit of a. It's one of the basket case, shore, shore front houses along there. Oh, Whitehead. of course. Just Sierra. It's just rotted away. And apparently, he was approached several times to say, no, 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 this is worth a fortune. And now it's just a rotten pile of. Yeah. It's such a pity. Um, I can't think of anything specifically. No, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, and I'm sure I've seen plenty over the years. But you and I lifted parts off two Novas that were landing the field that was yeah. randomly on the coast again, um, which was pretty cool to see, and it helped us out. But I can't think of anything sitting driveways or anything. Sorry, Chris. Come back, um, come back to you on that one <laughs> if we think of anything. <laughs> Annie Maxwell, AJM VW. He says, "What's your favorite engine?" I think that's obvious for me. <laughs> The VR6. VR6 or the 1416 valve from the 6M Polos. They're yeah, fun Yeah, I know. You love those. Those in a Mark 1. I would I'd be stuck between a few engines, but I think the generation of the 2-liter turbo they introduced in the Mark 5 that has pushed on to so much more development oh, yeah. is a serious contender for best engines developed by Volkswagen. It was definitely the biggest jump. You know, you it look at... light years. Mark 1 to Mark 3 was very, very similar. Mark 4, eh, the 20 valve was a bit different. Five five valves per cylinder, you know, turbo and stuff on it. But that, like Mark 5, what it brought in is crazy. Like it's crazy what the 2 liter turbos are doing now. Oh, yeah. Absolutely crazy. And yes, they have their issues here and there. For, yeah. Well, you were actually talking on the, on the reload chat to... Paul McGrath? Yeah. And he was saying about what they were able to push them to with uh, even just the normal GTIs with the KO4s from the edition 30s and stuff onto them. Like, you can push them to big numbers. Rel- Low fours, the mid fours. Yeah. Before you start in a, them. In a golf. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> it's class. What about you, Lee? LS. LS. Oh. 
I can see where you're coming from. Never seen one, never had one, but I guess they're that iconic thing of you know, drop an LS in it, drop an LS in it, and I'm like, I want to do that. I want LS to drop an LS in something. Feel the freedom, hear the eagles roar. <laughs> I think the VR6 is my LS. If we had LSs here, I'd be all about that. Andy again, he says, if you were buying a retro estate, what would you be buying? Easy. I know what you're going to say, and I'm going to say it, and I think Lee's going to say it. It sticks out. What is it? Audi RS2. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bing. That was the first thing I thought of. Noggle Blue RS2. Oh my god, that one that was at uh, Vaggie. Like, In Cork. Would you remember we went down last year? Mark Keneally's. Oh, yeah. Oh my yeah. god. They're so good. That's just a dream. It's just basically pours of went sprinkle, sprinkle, sprinkle. Yep. <laughs> it's it's kind of like what we do with Volkswagens, you know, adding all the performance Porsche, Porsche bits and things, like the brakes and only the steering wheels. Only they know wheels. what they're doing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> only Porsche decided to do it, but yes, only they know what they're doing. Um, Ronan underscore hits 21. He says, why is music so bad these days that the only way forward is to go backwards? And I can fully agree. Congratulations, Ronan. You've reached the old man level of the game. Yep, I am <laughs> stuck in uh, various eras, but he also says, you have four grand to buy a daily slash slow. Sorry, before we move on, yeah. what the fuck is K-pop? You're really old. K-pop? Yeah. K-pop is <laughs> Korean this song came on yesterday in the radio, and uh, my daughter went, oh, you like K-pop? And I went, what? You <laughs> <laughs> said yes, and gain all those cool There's dad a series points. on Netflix called Explained, and they're like wee 20-minute episodes, and they cover a whole range of topics, but one of them is K-pop, K-pop Explained. You should watch it. <laughs> You shouldn't. Don't. <laughs> it's like Korean. It's like bubblegum pop. It's yeah. like happy. Yeah. I was listening to it and just going, this is just generic bollocks. Shade. Mm. Yeah, it is. It's no motorhead. But the um, kids love it, so yeah. I have lots of going to say. It makes money. It makes sense. Yep. You have four grand to buy a daily slash shoe slash track car, but it can't be a Volkswagen already. What is it? I had an answer for this and I forgot. Well, I want a bit left field. Have you got one, Lee? My problem is, I don't know, how, like outside of the Volkswagen scene, even in the Volkswagen scene, I don't know how oh. much things are. So, like, I don't, well, we'll, it's we'll hard to judge. Right. <laughs> I know now. Go for it. I've had a hankering for one of these for a while, and I think they're just about within budget. Um, E46 Club Sport. Oh, really? Oh, hmm. I wouldn't have guessed that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, last year, I was actually seriously going to go for one. So yeah, the only thing I never liked with those was the spoiler on them. And the wheels, to be fair. I think they're going to be a serious collector's item. Yeah, stuff. they're probably the kind of thing. And they're a decent engine. They have nice kit. They're nice spec. What are they? A three litre? I think so. Oh, like I a think, 330? I think it's a 330 engine. Isn't yeah. It? Track, but, show and daily. Yeah. So a mixture, a bit like your car, your edition 30, you yeah. could do all with. Four motion Bora. There you go. Done. <laughs> <laughs> In fairness, you'd have about three grand to spend. After yeah, that. absolutely. <laughs> What would the world be like without a VR6? Oh, no, no, no. It's supposed to be non-Volkswagen Audi. Oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> back to In your back face. Your box. Um, I forgot that. I got the track shoot daily, but I missed the non-vag <laughs> bit. Right, hang on. What's the equivalent I in another German, mark? I stuck German. I went German, but it was something different again. It was a, one of the early, is it an R53 um, Mini Cooper S? Ooh. One of those with the reduced poly remap exhaust because they're you can buy them for like 1500 pounds that's now. like the one clark had that shape yeah 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 early one like um who had the one with the board it's on a paul glennon as well yes they're cool like i would have that and just hammer the shade out of it, it is they're something i know very little about but i really like them I like the charger wine everybody says they go well 
And at the minute, you can pick them up for about 1,500 quid. Do they run a Chrysler engine? I don't know. 16 charge? Oh, no, that's the later ones went to, like, a... They're PSA, they're Peugeot... They're Peugeot engines, essentially. All right, okay. You don't go any of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, what are you like? Big questions being thought out. Track car Nova. I was going to say Red Top Nova. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a good shout, actually, to be fair. <laughs> Have um, you drove a red top Nova before? No. I have. I would, scary. Uh, do you yeah. know what? In truth. It's like somebody stuck, stuck an elephant over your body. It's like the automatic answer, but I wouldn't put a red top in a Nova. No. Because they can barely handle the 1.2 powerhouse, never mind back, anything else. Back in the day, there was a fellow from Comber, Michael Bambridge, and he had a GTE with extensive headwork, cam, mm-hmm. chip, four branch, exhaust. That thing... Is all the power you needed. Yeah. It was so quick. I always said if I was building either a, a Nova or a Corsa B, it would be a 1616 valve, highly tuned as opposed to the two liters, because they're too heavy in the front of them. Mm. It's bragging rights. Yeah. You just said you have it. Actually, yeah. Uh, Corsa B. Ooh. I'm change my answer you now. You don't like Corsa Bs, is it good? I do like Corsa Bs. That's, well, there we go. Uh, green, you know that kind of oh, bottle yeah. greeny color they used to come in? I was thinking, please say that green. Yeah. Corsa B. Um, had a colour pack in my head I love the green on them Andy Gamble had one of those a wee SR one or SRI I think it was we call those Cavalier wheels fan blades fan blades or yeah fan blades aye. five stud conversion five stud they came on um, a GSI or something or a V6 yep. with yeah something you're bound to be able to pick something up for under four grand and of course it'd be like 1616 valve never driven one but yeah go with that yep go for it as long as it's green there's that and the GSIs the early GSIs came in a a green, like a turquoisey, dark turquoisey green, which is gorgeous, but I can't remember the name of it. S14 OCP again. He says, two grand for a Jeep. Needs to be big enough for t- four people and two dogs. What do you get? Shogun. Can you get a Shogun for two grand? This stumped me. I actually Does that have to be legal? <laughs> of course not. A <laughs> <laughs> man lives in Fermanagh. They don't have rules down there. <laughs> that stumped me. I couldn't figure out what to, for two grand you wouldn't get very much. Probably get a... Uh... An old warrior or something, would you? Well, I worked out that he has four people and two dogs. At the minute, two people and one dog fit in his Mark III, so you should get another Mark III, and that covers all the people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeeps. That budget's tight, like, I don't know. Four people? No. Because I was going to say, like, an all track or something, but you wouldn't fit that many people and dogs in there. No. Up your budget. Buy a pickup. Oh, that is nice. But I'd Box rather all, have a green one. Boxall Carabic Blue, I think that is. Oh, that's the GSI colour? Yeah. Yeah, that's oh, it's so good. Sorry. Carabic Blue. That color. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I can I help. like those Shogun, Shogun Sports. Remember the police used to drive? Yeah. I always uh, thought they were nice cheap. I just don't know the value of any of that stuff. No. Yeah, because it used to be cheap, but is it cheap still? Yeah. Are they all gone and then... You the can get a discovery up? for that money, I know that. And I we used to have a farm discovery and I loved it. But... Their rot boxes, they are descendant of Mark III Gulfs. I was going to say, you must hate the poor man yeah. suggesting one of those for him. Yeah. <laughs> um, Something old job, I think, would probably be the best way to probably, go. Probably, yeah. It's just getting into that budget's the thing. Mac underscore Colour, McCullough, he says, Would you rather a high brake horsepower GTI or a high brake horsepower Golf R? All wheel drive grip or front wheel drive, of course, with an LSD? All wheel drive. For drivability, I would go with the R. For looks, I would go with the GTI. Yeah, it all depends what you're looking for. Uh, there's a point where you get with front-wheel drive where it doesn't matter what diff you've got on it. Yeah, you're getting you, to that point. You can't get the power down in the dry. So, 
the sensible head would go Golf R four wheel drive. In fact, you have two cars at that point, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Crado on the golf. <laughs> oh, I was out in the Crado last night. You forget how funny that is. It's I drove the screamer it. pipe on boost is just hilarious. I drove it for the first time. I think it was down at Dubshed around the site, and you were like, "Yeah, do this, do that." I come out on it. And it's just it's one of those things where it's like nothing, nothing, and then you're in the seat. Hammer. Yeah, and it's so funny. But you have to keep it on high rev to keep it on boost. Yeah, it's just I suppose it's one of those things. It's, it's an old type. Yeah. yeah, it's an old build, like an old school type build. And you, know, I think I said it before. You have to remember it was built in a shed. Huh? Like you, you say, yeah, the Edition Thirty does it ten times better. The Edition Thirty has millions of development hours and, and money. aftermarket development. Yeah. Where this is something that was kicked together, well, not kicked together, but like don't, don't, bu- don't shit in my crowd, please, Connor. <laughs> a bunch of people in the shed, it was highly developed. <laughs> oh, by Evans Motorsport, yes, <laughs> it was well tested by Evans Motorsport too. <laughs> I remember sitting in the Mark Three, coming back from the Dublin ferry with Kyle and his TT. Uh-huh. Where I was in with Gatham, and was sat at uh, exclamation mark 70 miles an hour for a good 15 months huh? oh so it must have been breaking oil in that day that's it 70 miles an hour multiplied by a factor was it might have been a factor of one <laughs> <laughs> and then to finish up mark hill him with the beard he says one car on one road in ireland what would it be my addition one finished running sweet as a nut and i love that coast road up the north coast my nova my old the original one? The original one with a 1.2 carb. Road. You used to race your dad on it? That's what I was going to say. And I can't remember the name of the road, but it's up in the mountains somewhere. And if I know it's one car, but the other car that would be there would be my dad and his one as well. Yep. <laughs> that was, you always talked about that. Yeah. For me, Andy Cooper, who was on in episode 14 with us, his Lotus succeeds. On a decent road, not one that's flooded. <laughs> no, not one that's going to scare the shit out of me, but out over the Mourn Mountains. Yeah. That car that, on that road would be unbelievable. Mm. On the first driven run, I know a lot of these didn't get the experience because there was traffic, but that road from Kilkeel up around the back of the Mourns around Spelga is very good when it's clear. Yeah. And again, if anybody ever finds myself out that way, go and do it. It's yeah. such a good drive. Um, I actually have two more questions here from one, from one person. It's Thomas C1. He says, what's the most reliable car you've ever owned? B5.5 A4 Estate. Bought it with 98,000 miles on it. Sold it with 190. Four years of service. Never missed a beat. I can't really answer that question because I butcher everything and make it bad. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, nothing ever survives long enough for me to not tinker with it. Um... Maybe the Bora. The Bora's been pretty... The Bora's been very faithful to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the exhaust broke on it, but other than that, like it's, it, and that was somebody else down the line has been at it before, but no, it's been a good old yoke, and it actually leads into his next question, but what would yours be, Lee, your most reliable? You've had some good stuff over the years. It wasn't the focus, put it that way. No, struggle. it wasn't the focus. Struggle. In fairness for the abuse that it got, it's got to be the Sirocco. Yeah, like that thing done serious the, miles. The service that gave you was yeah. um, a testament to it. And that leads into his last question, which is, what's the highest miles of a car you've ever owned? 204,000 on the B3 Passat. Yes. And then the gearbox fell out of it. <laughs> That's true, actually, yeah. That was a good car. It was. For a 1.8 oh, petrol. I that car I think so much. so well. It was great. My answer is the same, the Bora. My Bora is 165,000 on it. It's right, and it starts and it runs perfect. And now it's going to shit itself, but it <laughs> now like, you've said that, yeah, yeah. 
But it's such weird there. It's such a fun thing to drive, and it's just so silly, nobody expects it. Car wise, against the A4, it had 190 on it when I sold it. Um, and still going well. That's the old PD 1.9 bulletproof machine. Fan of a T4 Vans up in the yard, and it's 200 and 287,000 miles on. That's going well, yeah. Um, I like that. But that's actually low mileage for only them, apparently. Matt Donnelly has a camper converted he done, and it has 420,000 miles on it. That's serious, impressive. Apparently, they're perfectly serviceable up to half a million miles. Stefan had a, I think it's a 1Z. It was like the very, very early form of the 90 brake engine that came in the last of the Mark 3s. And I think there was like 225,000 or something on it when he got rid of it. Mm-hmm. And like the body just rotted away around that and left the engine still 1. going. 1.6 straight diesel. They're shit and slow. But, the but jack- they, there's lit- there's nothing to go wrong. Nothing can go wrong because there's nothing to them. They're a Jack Russell of the engine world. Yeah. To expand that question, what's the highest mileage car you've ever sat in? Because I'm going to give you oh, a good... Oh, sat in? Mm. I'm going to guess a taxi in Belfast somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of something I can beat specific. all these right now, by the way. What is it? Uh, taxi in Galway. Uh-huh. Probably in 1999 when Laura was doing a work experience down there. Okay. Taxis down there then weren't regulated too hot. No, they wouldn't be. Uh, basically, must have been an 80s Volvo estate pulled up. Okay. 640,000 miles wow. on it. Yeah, no. 40,000 miles on it. <laughs> that's, that's mental. Like. Do you remember and when we were staying He said it was the original engine and original gearbox. That's a testament to them things. The Corbett Court, do you mind? Oh. And we pulled up in the taxi. What was it, a, a Toyota Corina or something? No, it was a Toyota Corolla hatchback. Corolla. Like it was, it was like something he had borrowed to do it for taxiing for the night. Well, and it and smelled had, like calves inside. And we had to push him out of the car park. Oh, he turned the car off overcharged us for the trip and then was like oh my car won't start will you bump start me down the car park give us our money back <laughs> well, <laughs> I felt like saying I well like, I think that might have been the same weekend where we got picked up in a Mitsubishi star space carrier thing yes and I think he'd been dipping sheep in the back bit of it because it just smelt of the sheep dip the south of a different world down there lads <laughs> keep it up <laughs> oh dear yeah that's it for the questions then that's us for this good week. round of questions again um, thank you Hope we kept you entertained again in another episode. It kept us entertained anyway. Yep. Absolutely. I'm going home to make a playlist. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going home to research music. <laughs> oh, that's right. I'm home. That's it. You are home. <laughs> okay. So thank you very much for listening once again. And you can follow us on social medias at Reload Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. That's us collectively and individually then. We are at Maxwell House 46. At Connor McCann. And I'm at Feed Boy. And thank you very much for listening. And we'll see you again real soon. Yeah. And just if anybody's just tagging on to the end there, if you can screenshot what you're listening to with us and share it on your social media, it goes a long way to help us. Like, subscribe, comment. Anything you do on any of our social medias helps us out. And in the end, we'll create more content for yourselves. Yes. Written, and we enjoy, you. <laughs> we enjoy the crack as well. Yes. <laughs> so that's it. Thanks very much, folks. Cheers. Bye. Okay, welcome back to Reload Podcast. I'm I'm struggling for words. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> and goodbye. How have we got this far? <laughs> it's going well.